Hi, uh, before we start our normal uh, episode of Heart of Brunch today, um, I'm here with my friend and co-host of the Drunk Dial podcast uh, and friend of the show of Heart of Brunch, regular contributor, Chef Bridget Haran. What's up, guys? Uh, and normally, uh, this is a comedy podcast, but it is about the food service industry, and uh, we do talk about issues about how they affect us in real life, and so before we get into like the comedy portion of it uh i did want to give this time because uh, if you're outside the indianapolis area brewdog brewery had some uh controversy this past week and bridget was the former executive chef there bridget you have not spoke publicly about this yet mm-hmm. um i feel like almost everyone else has been interviewed yeah in, in but you wanted to use this as the platform to say uh mm-hmm. w- to speak on it so um I'm going to be quiet and just let you kind of share your side of the story. Yeah, it's um, it's been a rough week, and I'll give a little bit of a backstory too, but everyone has been reaching ev- the outpouring of support from not only the Indianapolis service industry, but the service industry across the whole country, and actually in BrewDog restaurants worldwide has been really phenomenal, and I think it says a lot about what 2020 has done to the service industry, that it in so many cases should have torn us apart, but it really has brought everyone together. Everyone very much has each other's back. There's so many partnerships, you know, popping up. There's uh, so many people offering their kitchens for pop-ups for chefs who have lost their positions or who, you know, are trying to do something a little different. And uh, for that, I'll be kind of eternally grateful, but I've had so many people reach out wanting to know what happened. Um, I started at BrewDog in September of 2019 um, as their uh, opening executive chef. Um, and fell in love with the company. Uh, it definitely seemed like the perfect fit. Um, it's one of the only places I think in the service industry, you don't hear about places that offer insurance that offer, you know, 20 hours makes you full time. You can get insurance. Um, it had a, a female CEO here in the States who we all fell in love with immediately. She was very much uh, for the people. She came from the UK branch um, of BrewDog and, was really phenomenal and I got to work with um my business partner for Indie Urban Foodies, Danny Campbell, was our general manager and so it was kind of a dream team. Uh we built this very inclusive team of people um from you know it's like we had very equal parts female and male staff. Um we had multiple uh trans humans who were a part of our team who we adored. Uh I think like 75% of our staff was a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, we fit with Fountain Square. It's mm-hmm. it's Fountain Square here in Indianapolis is very much small business heavy, um, very inclusive. And it was intimidating bringing in BrewDog, which is a big company, um, to a neighborhood like that. And there was some backlash. And it was, but I think it was because of the team we had there that we kind of meshed with the community really well. Um, and then um, this, la- this last year has been hard for every restaurant. Um, the Indianapolis location is, like I said, very small business heavy. And so BrewDog was not the place that people were going in the pandemic. You know, BrewDog was going to be fine mm-hmm. um, and numbers weren't great. And it was a struggle. It was a struggle for all of the BrewDogs, I think, worldwide. Um, it was a struggle for every restaurant. We've all seen places we loved, places we adored, clothes. Um, and it's hard. But um, in January of this year, um, Danny Campbell and myself were let go from BrewDog. Uh, they assured us it was site performance, nothing we could have helped. Hold on one second. So Danny Campbell is the... Was the general manager. The general manager. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, and I 
I, we were we're the only bar here in the States that had a female general manager and a female executive chef. We were 50% across the board, even in back of house, front of house, female to men, um, non-binary staff. We had trans staff. It was, it was really amazing. Um, but we were uh, let go. We had a phone call um, with our direct supervisor. Um, we've always been under the impression that, and I think it's part of being females in management, but you always have another manager with you. Anytime you're having any hard conversation with a staff member, mm -hmm. you always have two people. And it's because for situations like this, um, Danny and I were together. And so that's, we had the two of us yeah. uh, when we got the calls and it was very much, it's a site performance issue. Nothing you guys could do about it. We think very highly of you. Um, we're just not making enough money to be able to uh, keep you on right now. And uh, we're here if you ever need a reference, if you ever need, we think very highly of you. We're very impressed with the job you've done. Very nice. And so, and Danny and I were like, well, we care a lot about our staff. You know, we want them to be able to reopen mm -hmm. and take care of our humans. And, and so we, we said, okay, we, um, in December, about two weeks before that, we had closed down for another temporary kind of quarantine um, furlough period just until December, January, February are hard for restaurants in general, especially now. <laughs> and so uh, they just kind of thought we have enough to reopen right now. Let's shut down. So then our staff have a job to come back to. Yeah. Um, so then in January, when Danny and I got that call, um, we kind of figured that we care about our humans. You know, it had been hard uh, working for BrewDog the year before only because we're very separate. They have three bars in Columbus, one in Cincinnati, one in Pittsburgh, we're, you know, three hours from Columbus. We, we weren't getting a lot of support from corporate. Um, so we were the support system for our staff. We were trying to make it as easy as possible, keep everyone employed, keep everyone staffed. And um, we did what we could. And mm -hmm. we were proud of the job that we did. And so when it came through, we, for our staff, kind of just walked away. They even, we went in, took our own keys in, like, you know, left our keys, left our laptops, like went into a closed bar because they trust us. It's like we So at at this point, if I'm just understanding this mm -hmm. right. So at this point you are you guys are kind of like okay, they can't afford to pay you. Mm -hmm. So you you'll go find other work, yeah. but like you want everyone to be able to uh continue working there. Mm -hmm. Did you have the thought at the time that like so what are you going to do with like you're obviously going to need a GM and yeah. a an executive. So they were basically saying like, hey, we're going to hire somebody that we can pay a lot less than you guys. Kind of. Yeah. It, that's what the impression we got from it. Okay. And um, throughout the months before that, obviously, every place was watching labor. You mm -hmm. have to watch labor. You know, you you want to stay staffed. So people keep coming back. You give them a good experience. But you also want to have as few people on as possible because labor will kill you, especially in slow times. And there are multiple times that Danny and I had been told, just let people go. Just let people. Indiana's a what is, what's the word? Right to fire at like, will, at will yeah. fire state. And so it's like, we can fire anyone really for no reason. Um, and they were very aware of that. And, you know, it's like, we were trying to keep our full-time people at 20 hours so they could keep their insurance. And, mm. and that was constantly something that we were reprimanded for. And, but it's like, there are people and they're full-time employees. They've been promised 20 hours. Yeah. Um, so it was rough, but it was rough for every restaurant. And so Danny and I were, you know, I'm, have been in this industry for, for 10 years. Danny um, got another position. I got another position. And we continued to, like, let our staff know if they needed temporary work, um, if they were – BrewDog was paying for everyone's unemployment. Um, and BrewDog continued to send six-packs of, you know, to the staff, telling them that they how important they were, how they were 
essential. They were mm-hmm. essential employees and how they were necessary for the business, how important they were. Um, then this last week, um, this last Monday, well, I guess a week, a week ago, Friday, um, they put out something on social media saying BrewDog Indy was going to reopen uh, March 26th. Mm-hmm. None of our staff had heard anything. That was their way of hearing that it was reopening. Um, and it uh, came to Danny's attention. They had rehired uh, a new executive chef, a new general manager, which I was like, you know, when when we had been like, oh, we let our staff know, hey, just so you're aware, BrewDog, we're not going to be coming back. Please reach out if you need anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ex- yeah, that was always said. Um, so they hired these new people, um, and still our staff hadn't heard anything. Social media Friday said, you know, March 26th was going to happen. Uh, last Monday, um, four of our staff received calls. Um, all four of them, a part of the LGBTQ plus community here in Indianapolis. Um, one who identifies as trans, one who identifies as non-binary, two bisexual women um, were all called. This new general manager they've never met and told that uh, they that all serving staff were being let go because BrewDog wants to go with the change of culture. Direct quote, change of culture, all staff will be let go, starting from scratch. They're obviously upset. Uh, they reach out to Danny and I. We don't know anything. Yeah. Um, they reach out to the rest of the staff um, and find out that, in fact, not all staff will be let go. Uh, there are two um, straight cis women who will be remain on, and then the two men who are in front of house staff will be kept on as well. Um, so there's eight total staff in front of staff. the house and four of them yeah. who are all LGBT. Yep. We're all let go. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah. And so the story kind of starts to come out, starts to unravel a little more. Um, the um, change of culture is what's cited. Nothing else. They're let go just like that. Um, told everyone's being let go. Not everyone's being let go. Um, the, Two remaining men on staff um, are upset because these are people that they've served alongside kind of throughout yeah. a pandemic. Um, if, if, if you guys, somebody who really well words as Dwight Simmons, a uh, friend of the show, local comedian, he was one of our bartenders at BrewDog, very well-spoken. Um, if you follow him on social media, he wrote a wonderful piece um, about it, just kind of from his perspective where he, he called it that we weren't making enough during a pandemic year, they constantly were nailing into Danny as I, and I said about numbers. Uh, we weren't willing to fire the people. And then they reopened and a change of culture did not include an LGBTQ plus staff. Um, the two male servers and one of the female cis uh, servers all gave their notice. They weren't willing to work for a company that was doing things like this. Change of culture is the only thing that was ever cited in these calls, even when the, the four humans that were let go kind of asked about it, they were told it was just a change of culture. Then this week, as the staff are obviously very upset, yeah. um, have kind of voiced their concerns to the community because it seems very cut and dry a case of discrimination. And regardless of, of if the intent was fire all LGBTQ plus staff, um, at the end of the day, that's what happened. And uh, your change of culture did not include inclusivity, um, which is something that is very important, not only 
to, I think, the service industry in general, but especially in Fountain Square, um, and it's not something that people are going to stand for. Then BrewDog made a response saying that it was not a discrimination case, but was actually a performance issue, that all of these staff had multiple write-ups, that it was an issue of uh, they had write-ups from anything from theft to uh, talking back to management to tardiness. Danny and I were the general manager and the executive chef from the beginning. We never had a write-up for any of these humans that were let go. Um, we kept all of our write-ups. We sent them to HR. Uh, anyone who had a write-up was was let go or their write-ups were all still. None of these four humans had any, especially for things like things like theft are yeah. pretty big allegations to make Sure, when you don't have anything to back it up. Did they reach out to you in any sort of capacity to ask you about these write-ups? Nope. Um, so they've basically, uh, they BrewDog has put out a statement saying that it was uh, performance issues. That was the reason all staff were let go. It's performance issues um, based on write-ups. Their write-ups are not there. And that was the point where Danny and I really felt like we needed to say something. Um, because it's one thing to let people go. It's terrible. As soon as our staff reached out to us, I started sending them um Sarah Murrell is a local kind of Indianapolis vendor, and she keeps a very amazing, uh, on her Instagram, she keeps a highlight of all service industry jobs. So mm-hmm. I started sending the staff that way. Um, the outpouring of support, like I said, from the Indianapolis community, uh, just offering jobs to these humans. You know, please come apply. We we include people. We, in- inclusivity is so important to us. Um, so that was Danny and I's priority. But as soon as they basically called into question just things that are not true. Yeah. Um, basically saying that there are write-ups that don't exist um, because from the time we opened to the time we closed down in December, there were no write-ups for these people. So unless those are now happening after the fact, then it's just not true. Yeah. So you, you two are the only front of the house and back of the house managers. You two are the only people that would have been issuing these write-ups mm-hmm. and, and you're saying that it, it's Com- just completely true. untrue yeah. that you didn't write any, Danny didn't write any yeah. of them. And like we said before, it's like Danny and I are very much on the impression that if you're a manager and you're speaking to a staff member, you always have two managers there. It's just, yeah. it's to protect the staff member and it's pr- to protect you yeah. for situations like this that you, you know, uh, also it's not I, a he said, she said. Yeah. Also, I feel like it's important to add that like you and Danny are business partners mm-hmm. in another business. So it's not like you two drifted apart and you haven't talked no. and corroborated yeah. stories. Like you guys are in. Constant, constant, yeah, constant, uh, constant communication, communication, yeah. <laughs> maybe unhealthy amount, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we talk a lot. Um, but I think the important thing for me, for people to realize and for people to understand and is that this is a large company that will continue to turn, but discrimination and firing based on discrimination alone is not a change in culture. And I think this is more than anything is an opportunity for product to be better. Mm-hmm. Because now I have these four humans who I've I've hired who I've you know there's uh, Eric O'Neill um, won an award literally at the end of last year in 2020 she had the most five star reviews on all across any BrewDog location in the states she won a trip to the BrewDog hotel mm-hmm. that's not somebody who has performance issues the yeah. follow up like the second runner up for that was Leah Foster and she also like. That's somebody, if you have 18 five-star reviews and you have consistent people who are coming back as regulars and you... Yeah, these aren't problem these employees. These aren't problem employees. Yeah. Um, these are exemplary yeah. employees. We have uh, Kira Myers who... 
started in the kitchen, who I've worked with at other locations, started in the kitchen, did anything from dish to line cook, worked as a host, and then, you know, was a server in the end, did everything across the board. Jordan, who started at the beginning of last year in March and hit the ground running during a pandemic, making sure that they were being a safe as well, was really the best, I think, across the board at, you know, cleaning tables consistently after, you know, being the utmost safety during a pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, and also having people come back to see these people exactly. And it's just, it's spinning a story. It's a big chain place trying to spin a story that negates what people are saying and it's not working and, and it's not okay. Uh, Danny and I are are both, uh, Brewdog has equity punks, which are people who are community investors. Danny and I are both members of that. And we've been blocked from the forums, the forums that have EFPs reaching out saying, these are servers that we went to see exactly like these are people we don't buy it the community doesn't buy it and it's a chance for brewdog to be better we have our staff that are hearing from brewdog employees worldwide who are reaching out with similar cases of transphobia of homophobia of kind of discrimination in, in hiring and discrimination in marketing and it's a chance for them to be better and this isn't going to stand not only here in Indianapolis especially, but across the whole country. This this is a year that the service industry came together, and this way of tearing it apart is not okay. So you don't believe that this was an isolated incident within the company, uh, uh, a one-off, Yeah. the rest of the culture is good, and this was kind of a, a, a bad spot. You're yeah. saying... Across the board, they have I think across issues. the board, it's an issue. There's literally articles. <sighs> James Watt and Martin Dickey are the two who started BrewDog, and they have a show that's the BrewDog show, and it's all about kind of getting people to fall in love with BrewDog. And there are literally instances of them on the news saying, you know, that they would do anything to get people to drink their beer, but they wouldn't dress up in women's clothing. They wouldn't, like, they'd have to take a shower after that. That's transphobia. That's, mm. that's an exact, you know, and coming out with a with a labelless beer after that doesn't fix it. It doesn't make that better. It doesn't take away the hurt that you caused and shoving employees under the rug who speak out doesn't change it. It doesn't change the culture. And I think there are so many amazing people who I worked with in BrewDog across the country. I went to two different bars to help open them because the Indianapolis open was so successful. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, that's something. And you know, you told Danny and I a reason you let us go. And then when we wouldn't back your story, you started saying there are performance issues there too. There are a lot of site performances because it's a pandemic year. Yeah. I'm not going to match my numbers my second year if my second year is a pandemic year. Well, and also for people that don't know you, I'll say you're a pretty outspoken feminist. Mm-hmm. I I can't imagine you would ever be excited about, and you were very excited about, you were very proud to work for this company yeah. originally. Um, and It the- made me proud that I got to work alongside a woman who I was proud of who I felt, you know, we, we nurtured this culture among our staff of safety and inclusivity. And, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to do in the restaurant industry. And I'm so proud of Indianapolis because I think they are continuously doing amazing. Um, I think I have always been proud of having a kitchen where everyone feels respected. Mm -hmm. My biggest thing and having a kitchen where my staff are, Across the board, I have, I have trans individuals, I have non-binary individuals, I have men, I have women, all who feel comfortable coming in, working together, 
and and proud to be working there, that's something I'm really proud of. And what we discovered after this and something that Dwight Simmons made a really good point for, something that the other two staff members who gave their notice after hearing this story mm-hmm. said is that they were proud to work for BrewDog because of our team. Yeah. Not because of BrewDog. And I guess the silver linings here are how quickly the community came together yeah. and said, this will not, we will not yeah, stand for not this. It's not happening. Babies in Indianapolis, uh, amazing kind of, they have vegan food, they have burgers, they have boozy milkshakes. They're amazing. And they posted really right away this, this video of them dumping up BrewDog beer because now in Indianapolis, BrewDog is now associated with discrimination. Mm-hmm. It will never make people feel comfortable again. And, and it's true of our community here. It's true of the community investors who went to BrewDog. It's true of BrewDog staff worldwide. And it's true of kind of our service industry as a whole. It's mm. not okay. And it makes me sad, mostly. And I think that that's the hardest thing for Danny and I is that it makes us sad that our staff that we always try to make feel safe then at the end of the day were let go with something that they have no control over. No, we do have to put a, a rainbow at the end of this. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> all, all the people that were fired have mm-hmm. got gainful employment. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was my number one thing is like, let's continue to fight this. Let's continue to voice this. But also let's get you guys somewhere else where you feel safe, where you can be making money. Because I think it's almost worse that instead of letting everyone go in December when mm-hmm. they close again, they basically kept people on hook and line for, oh, for yeah. three months saying, you know, you have a job, like you're important, you're valuable. And then to turn around and treat them as if they don't have value, I think is awful. I think it's terrible. And I think, you know, when you have the the new CEO of the company posting that there are performance issues when there's nothing to back it up, when you have James Watt over in the UK saying that there's no discrimination happening when there is, it's it's not okay and it's we've maintained with with our you know humans that were let go and our humans that are still on staff there and you know stick to the story no. don't let them goad you into into saying something different because at the end of the day the story is there were no performance issues and this is a discrimination case there's also people who were serving during a pandemic yeah for your company like literally <sighs> i mean arguably risking your lives every day to go in and fight with people about wearing a mask and having you know, people coming in and spitting at you because you asked them to wear a mask and, and, you know, having a company that then doesn't make you feel like you are valuable is, is awful. And I'm proud of the Indianapolis service industry for not standing for it because it's not okay. Where do we, where do we go from here? I think we, my biggest thing is just keep this relevant. Um, these four humans are fighting this and, and it's, I think it's something that, you know, it's easy to point fingers at BrewDog because it's a big company, but it's also something that unfortunately is rampant in the service industry nationwide. Like I said, I'm proud of Minneapolis because I think that we are always trying to be better. Mm-hmm. And and I think that we have so many small businesses that are that are better and kind of, you know, are actively being aware of it because it's easy to be a big company and say, it's not discrimination because I said so, but it is. And I think trying to be better is is a big thing going to places that you know do support, you know, equity and diversity. And, you know, I think just 
keeping this prevalent, because at the end of the day, we realize BrewDog's a big company. It's not going to close down, even if the Indianapolis location doesn't make it. We're urging BrewDog as a company to be better. Mm-hmm. That's at the end of the day what we want. None of these staff want their jobs back at BrewDog. After seeing kind of what it is, I think nobody yeah, feels nobody wants to be there, you know, and, and I think they're going to struggle finding people to replace those positions at the Indianapolis location. But I think being aware, especially as, you know, COVID's still happening, places are still shutting down, being aware of where you're spending your money, being aware of the humans that you're giving your money to, um, mm-hmm. and trying to be better yeah. and urging those big companies to be better. Not just because obviously these four staff, it's uh, they've already made their opinion at BrewDog. Yeah. But there are people worldwide who work for BrewDog. I have lots of friends at the different locations across the country. And I have friends over in the UK who love going to BrewDog and who who work there and be better for those people. Oh. Well, thank you, Bridget. Um, keeping it light. <laughs> I think, no, I you know, and I think it's very important that you, uh, out of all of this, have just come out publicly and backed their their story yeah. because that seems to be the most i don't know when you're building a shit sandwich here but like mm-hmm. the most egregious thing is like on top of everything you're gonna call them uh bad employees yeah. and so uh I, th- I think being the person that to come out and and corroborate their story and be like no there, yeah, there it was didn't never, happen never happened and i think to turn around and say that danny and i had these write-ups that it's like it's just not true yeah and and it's just just stop lying just say what happened and apologize for it and be better in the future and be better and uh yeah as we're coming out of this pandemic uh i feel like it's a real opportunity for the restaurant service industry to correct course correct some of these mistakes that have been made in the past and um uh you see what happens when you're shitty Mm -hmm. to human beings so i guess don't don't do that yeah don't be shitty it's pretty easy moral of the story don't be shitty don't be shitty Bridger Hand, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you guys giving me this platform for this. And uh, yeah, be better. Hold big companies accountable and be good humans to the people around you. And, it makes uh, a difference. Thank you so much. And next time we have you on, we'll, it'll be under better circumstances. Yeah, we'll yeah. have some fun. It'll be good. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. I was gonna say, watch you slide a chair up to that door so we don't have outside noise in this motherfucker. Okay. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me in studio, a very special co-host sitting in for Chris King, Thaddeus McKee. Slappy pappy, wah, wah. Slappy pappy. Uh, on the ones and twos, the sauce boss of Indianapolis and the 2020 meat cake champion, Zach Roan. Hey there. And from uh, the host of the Burn the Well Podcast, friend of the show and co-producer of Red Flag Comedy, Jake Johnson. Hello. Woo! 
Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Coming off a birthday week. Birthday bam, 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 bam. Are you one, are you a birthday weeker? Are you a Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? Everybody does it. Everybody has like the birthday week, the birthday weekend. Like yeah. you have to take advantage of it for Pushing sure. Pushing yeah. it almost to birthday month? Uh no. Fuck no. no. That's crazy. No, no, no. I would say five days at most. After that, you're kind of an asshole. Five yeah. days of birthday. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think know. I think the only reason to do the week of birthdays because you don't get to hang out with everyone on one day, you know. Right. And then some people are right. like, "Hey, I didn't see you since your birthday." Yeah, schedules are hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People like, people have other things they're doing. You know, what they don't have enough of adult bouncy houses. That's right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. To. <laughs> you look Wait, so you so you look so no, no, no. Listen, they, screeching no, halt. No, they totally do. <laughs> they totally have those things. Yeah. But but not for like adult birthday parties. Well, like, like no, I feel like your friends come over, hit a pinata, jump in the bouncy castle. I, I think be- they're just called swingers clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been to a place where like they had the. Um, have you ever seen like they have the bouncy? Uh, you you strap yourself to a, like a giant rubber band and you see how far you can get before the rubber band like pulls you back. No, you've never been to one of those. I feel like that's what I picture for like adult bouncy houses. Like they have like an like almost an American Ninja Warrior, but it, like inflated, basically set up. You've never seen any of those. I've seen it on Fat Camp. <laughs> <laughs> not the like not the blob. No, I know, saw. Like, so when I had the food truck, we uh, we catered an event actually on the tarmac at the Indianapolis Air- Airport. It was like for Delta or something. And they set up like a huge thing. What they set up it was like human foosball. Yeah. So you were like tied in, so you couldn't move. You had to kind of stay in one position. But, and you could only kick so far. But you could use both your feet. You just couldn't use your arms, and you kind of had yeah. You had yeah. to be in a line basically. Yeah. And and there yeah. was a I think like a, a little slide thing. But yeah, I didn't see. I've never seen the rubber band thing. Have you seen? Sorry, co- completely diverting. But foosball got me on it. Have you guys seen like uh, the thing? Um, I just saw a video of it. It's like. Uh, foosball, but it's your head, and you're using like your your mouth to like breathe on the ball. Like it's just like a that bunch seems of- like a good game for 2021. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's all breathe on each other. <laughs> so inappropriate. And then like this video came out, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, this looks so fun!" Like no, it's uh, completely inappropriate. <laughs> completely did not age well with uh, 2020 and 2021. What I, year is it? I want to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what year it is. I don't yeah. know how old I am. I feel like everyone should get like a. a like a do-over birthday from right. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder who the first hero at a fraternity party to start playing beer pong again was. It was like, guys, na- nature's healing itself. <laughs> uh, uh, threw it into God, it. such bravery. I used to play. I didn't. I waited way too long before I realized that you could have the uh, dip cup on the side that was represent like you weren't actually drinking. Right. It was to wash your balls off. No, right? no, no, like, no. Yes. What? Like you right? just you yeah. just throw in a cups of water and then you just drink a side beer. Like you don't uh, actually drink the gross. Well, okay, yeah. Well, you know what I'm that. You yeah, know what I'm where we about. played with beer and then you put on the side a cup of water to wash your balls off. Like yeah, you yeah, said. yeah, yeah. It was like a bird bath for balls. But so you're, like, but you're t- but you're 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 reversing the concept. Yeah, I yeah. like the one where the ball never touches the one you drink. Yeah. 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 Not just a clean ball touches your drink. But the, that's the, called the, evolution. But the one yeah. that I played the most was the ball that everyone touched that's fallen on the floor, <laughs> rolled around on the yeah. carpet a few times, lands in everyone's drink, right. and then right. you, you just drink it. And then you drink it. Yeah. That's college. And then you grow up, you're like, wait a second, we don't have to do this. Yeah. Okay, okay, but here's the thing. Like, So you know like throwing into the water cups yes. as the game. Yeah. 
after you knew that, did you play a game of beer pong where you were throwing into beer cups? I'm sure I did. Did you object at all? I mean, I I was like, wait, we could do water. And they're like, ah! Right, but you still put up with it, and you still just like... You still put up with it. Yeah, I know. It's, gosh. It's herd mentality. We are Neanderthals. We are. Yeah, yeah. We completely are. All four of us are. Yeah. So, (laughs) mainly Zach. Um, (laughs) So, speaking of of (laughs) booze... Uh, you have a uh, you have a boozed filled podcast, yeah, uh, called Burn the Well, yeah, where you you have guests come on and you ply them with alcohol and then you interview them. It sounds a lot like this other podcast I've heard of. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> what, 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 what's that, Dyke? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, we we uh, we record in a space very very similar, to very this. similar, very similar, um, and we make cocktails. Uh, I really don't re- know what the podcast is yet. You know what I mean? Who's all on that podcast? Well, there's a couple of different people. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's me. There's uh, <laughs> Raymond Marcus Swafford III. Yep. Um, PC upon him. Yeah. Uh, Dyke's been on a couple episodes. Uh, Thaddeus McKee. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah, you, I have. You've, you've been on a couple of those. I, I don't I would disagree. say more than a couple. Yeah. I have zero disagreeals no with disagreeals that. No disagreeals with that. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, I really Here's the thing. I don't know what that podcast is. Yet. I really like. No, the, I mean you have you have service industry people yeah. and, and comedians come on. Yeah, but I like. I really was putting a lot of eggs in the like chop style competition cocktail like sort of throwdown or mm. whatever. But by the time that we're actually doing the thing, we've been hanging out here in the Harder Brunch, you know, studio mm-hmm. space. Yeah. Uh, we've had a little bit of cocktails like to get it going already, yeah. and then to talk about cocktails and, and like just sort of like dissect them and digest them. Uh, I typically do not leave this place like with much memory of how the episode <laughs> went. So until um, Gabe edits, and you're like, All right. pretty much. Uh, I yeah, I, I like the idea, like the chopped competition thing or whatever, because you have a lot of ingredients that we kind of mess around with mm-hmm. here in your pantry and your fridge all the time. Uh, but uh, by the time that we're actually judging the cocktails, nobody knows. Like what the hell they're doing at that point? So you know, I, f- I feel like you're underselling it here. So uh, what I like about it is that you're talking to you're talking to bartenders, you're talking to business owners. It's almost like a conversation that you would be having, like like a shift drink. Like yeah. you're sitting around with people, and you kind of let your hair down, and you're yeah. you know the rush is over, and you get to be like uh, you know discuss a few cocktails, but then also like there's definitely conversations that have nothing to do with. Yeah, uh, spirits and booze at all. It takes a tangent. It takes a couple tangents, sure. that's for sure. But we, we, yeah, I, I like the people that we've had on. Obviously, you and I both have been in the industry, bartending, restaurant stuff. So we've got a lot of friends that, you know, you you, you have a drink after work, and this is the type of conversation that you're going to have. It's uh, almost like a bunch of sailors talking, you know, sharing war stories. I guess you right. will, you know, salty language. Burn the well. Yeah, it's it's not for children. Uh, burn the well. I mean, it is a reference to at the end of the night, if you are bartending, the last thing you probably do is getting rid of the leftover ice in your bin, I guess. Uh, and you, and you just throw a bunch of hot water on there, burn the well. And at that that's point, not what I associate burn the well. Oh, with. what do you, what do you mean? I associate burn the well with anytime anyone broke a glass near the ice well uh, and really? you're right in the middle of getting your dick. Yeah. Cause it was the worst possible thing. You're right in the middle of getting your dick kicked in and service and somebody fucking drops like, when we were doing when I were doing McNivens, if you dropped a glass in the radius of the front of the house, you'd have to burn that mm-hmm. well. And you'd have to stop what you were doing, 
burn the well, go fill it up full of ice. Yeah. When you're already getting like triple sat. Like it was a nightmare these scenario. Lemon, these lemon drops are coming, ladies, but I got yeah. to burn the fucking well right now. Yeah. Because I don't want anybody like sipping a, a mule with a chunk of glass in there. What yeah. I'm saying is when I think of burn the well, I don't think of a calm end of the night task. Oh, really? I think of like the middle of my shift, the worst possible thing that could have happened has happened. I definitely, I definitely took that in a different way. Cause you and I both, yeah, I mean, I think you were the one that said burn the well as like a title yeah. for, for a cocktail podcast or like an industry podcast or whatever. I definitely took that a different way. Well, it, I thought that was like, oh, it's the end of the night. Last thing that we're doing is burning the well and then like cracking a high life. I don't fucking know, dude. It like, sounds like uh, it sounds like a heavy metal band to me too. Like, burn the yeah, burn it could the definitely well. be like a, a Swedish, you know, bloodcore band. It does sound kind of metal, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, burns the well. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of I drink your milk when you say burn your well. Like I, I'll drink your milk. I burn it up. You guys know what know. movie I'm talking about, right? There no. will be blood. Yeah. There will be blood. Oh, that's what I, I think of burns I well. I drink your milkshake. Uh. <laughs> that was very good. I've got a straw, and my straw goes all the way over here. I don't. Know. I actually, don't, I don't really know the line, but yeah, like, I, was that Daniel Day Lewis? Yeah, that's so good. I drink your milkshake. Now that I think about it, Jake, does I actually look like up. Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, I do one impersonation. It's Bill the Butcher. <laughs> I'll take that, man. <laughs> He's sexy. I have the, uh, yeah, yeah. So you just got back from uh, my favorite place on earth. Nolan. New Orleans. Nola. D- does anybody actually say Nola? Uh, am, I pr- am I actually not pronouncing it right? I didn't feel right. When I watched not Lion King, I say that. <laughs> Nola. Nola. It's Nola. Nola. Uh, Nola. But I always mispronounce it. I'm like, Nola. But Nola is how you, I mean. No, I, I feel like Nola. I was saying, I was saying Nolan's. I feel like Nola is like how we say indie. Okay, like it's branded on a lot of stuff, like Nola this, Nola that. Okay, do you guys say Nola before you say Nolans? I mean, like, what what do you prefer when you're referring to? I probably say New Orleans. Oh, I'm okay. going down to New Orleans. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I just got back from New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. I was there first time down there. Yeah, dude. Uh, been thinking about it for a while. Didn't think it was a possibility, you know, in the wake of, you know, the past years that we have. Or What's been whatever. going on? Oh, I don't, you know, a lot of things. Like, <laughs> you, you just, you know, read Time Magazine. You'll okay. figure it out. But, <laughs> I'll get on that. <laughs> um, I didn't know what to expect. And I will say, like, a lot of things that I was looking forward to were closed. Yeah. Cemeteries were not a thing, which I thought was, The like, cemeteries were closed. Cem- Wait, all, what? The, yeah. The mm-hmm. only people that definitely cannot catch COVID. Yeah, like, pretty much. Wait, why are the cemeteries closed? I thought that and was kind of weird. Why is that a thing? I thought that was kind of weird. Of all things, cem- you cannot tour above, Wait, is that above, a thing that you go to the cemeteries? Like, yeah. when you're in... Yeah. Well, Nala's? oh, yeah. I mean, they're like here. Uh, above actually, ground I, I was going to say, so the water table, obviously, Hurricane Katrina, the water table in New Orleans. So there's a lot of crypts. So what I'm assuming is maybe they didn't want people congregating inside the small spaces. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they are kind of snug, but also like, I mean, you can go down Bourbon Street and that's true. And, and people are just doing the cha-cha slide, like right on top of each other, like in the goddamn street where people are driving. They're like, you know, they're fucking Toyotas and people are still like having like a, a grand old time, but you can't go to the goddamn cemeteries that are like completely fucking open. I will say this though. Did you guys know that Nicholas cage 
has a, a like a tombstone already set up in New Orleans. What? And it's a fucking pyramid. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so, do, do you think that's where he hit all the treasure from that movie? That's what I mean. <laughs> he he has a, an Illuminati esque, like dude. He said he's setting, he's setting up a treasure hunt after that's he dies. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's yeah. smart. There's I got there's got to be some kind of code. Like when he dies, there's going to be some kind of code <laughs> X that you got to do to his fucking like pyramid in New Orleans. He can't go there right yeah. now. But if you if you jump over like a certain wall, it's St. Louis Cemetery number one. It's not. It's like a half a mile from Bourbon Street, basically in the French Quarter. If you just go straight north, right next to uh, Louis Armstrong Park, if you jump over a certain wall, you can see his fucking pyramid, and it says Nicholas like Cage a, and, 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 and some kind of like Illuminati sort of like just like a spell word whoa. beneath that. Yeah, Cajun Da Vinci Code. His, his final <laughs> resting place is already set up for him. It's got to be some kind of like maze, like you know, like some sort of like. Riddle, yeah, thing that's to how you it. get your yeah. diaries read before you die. Or that's I mean, what I'm saying. Or when, after you die, he's a national treasure, and his final resting place. You can go visit it, but unfortunately, you mm-hmm. can't like walk up to it right now, which is kind of a contradiction because everyone's just on top of each other's dicks, like drinking, no matter what. Did like, you get to go out to like the bayou at all? No, uh, <laughs> it kind of sucks right now because all the um, alligators are hibernating. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I went out around Christmas time, and it was like, yeah, it's a swamp, but I went out in the summertime. And it's just swarming. The boats are swarming with alligators, and they're just throwing like marshmallows to them. Yeah, and you're like, this is dope. That was the thought. The thought was to go on a, a fan boat eventually, um, but we spent the day uh, touring uh, Oak Alley Plantation instead, which was, yeah. you know, real bright, you know, bright <laughs> subject for rich, a, rich to spend four hours in. Oh my gosh! Um, but no, I, the the thought was to go on a fan boat, but. Like you really can only go with a you know a certain group of people that are scheduled ahead of time or whatnot. I would have loved to though. I I think I'm more scared of the open ocean and sharks than I am of like alligators. You know, I kind of like feel like I could like go up to one and like be okay. And I don't know. That's like, wrong. Is that's that wrong? Is that wrong? I think so. No. I think you're not supposed to pick like, any I, alligators. If I had to pick falling into. A Florida swamp or falling into the open ocean, I, I would take a swamp. Either. I would say, what? You guys are crazy. <laughs> I would definitely because I feel like I could make yeah. it. I could make it to shore easier than the open ocean. You're li- oh, okay. Like you could like sludge in the mud and like maybe you know like have to outrun this dino- yeah. dinosaur or whatever. When you're taking visible animals. We're, ta- we're talking alligators. <laughs> yes, you're in the swamp. You yes. can see the eyes of alligators. You would rather pick that. Then hey, there might not any be anything underneath me. I would absolutely do that. Like imagine your legs just yeah, I don't dangling fuck, I don't fuck with the ocean, man. Just dangling there like like fro- like you know oh like an gosh. appetizer. I'm one hundred percent against you guys, and I want the listeners to weigh in. Is this a disagreeable? This so, is a oh, full whoa, out whoa. Uh, burn the well disagreeable. Holy shit! <laughs> that yeah, I'm doing it right you'll, now. You'll, you'll take a great white. You'll take a great white shark over a, a like an alligator. That, yeah, that's just no, no, freaking no, 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 ludicrous. No, no. I'm not, I know, <laughs> I know that I'm not going to win against a great white shark. You I would understand. Per, that. You would prefer though, but I would prefer the open ocean swimming in there. No, thank I, you. I, thank I've done you. that. So, the, He's but on my I side. will say at the same time, the most scared I've ever been in the ocean was because I used to uh, uh, live on a boat and I would go swim swimming daily. And one time, I decided to go for a night swim. And you couldn't see in the anything. ocean. In the ocean, yeah. 
It was like my nightmare. Well, yeah, and I thought you. I thought I was going to be okay with it because I I was a strong swimmer and I was you know acquainted. I'm a scuba diver and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so like, uh, and then I got out away from the lights and uh, there's a thing called bioluminescence. So yes. it's the, the algae. And so what you can see is the swimming patterns of fish swimming through the algae, but you can't see anything else. So it mm-hmm. lights up in that depth every so yeah. often. And uh, it's the most scared I've ever been as a person. <laughs> did, did, did you see, like, I mean, like. Yeah, you can see all sorts of things, but you can't see anything clearly. Were you by yourself? No, I had a friend, and I swam back super fast and left him out there. <laughs> is he still is out there? Yeah. Are, are, they, are, they, still are they still out there? Are you admitting <laughs> to uh, murder? <laughs> no, he made it back. He was fine. With both both legs. Yeah, with both legs. Like, so you saw the like the path of fish going by. Like, the bigger the fish, the bigger the path. I well, mean, I no. guess one would assume, or the more motion that they had with them. Okay. So, like, but all you can see is just little like little like tracers glowing in the depths. It sounds trippy as hell, man. But fuck that, dude. Like, oh, I so wait, can't, Zach, I are you on my side? I don't. But know. But I'm still on your side. Generally Thank speaking, you. I would rather swim in the oh, open. I don't know, man. Than in a pit with alligators. Because you're right. It's like guaranteed. Alligators will fuck you up. Yeah, I don't want to get attacked by an alligator either. Okay, so, okay, let's say you're going to get attacked by one of the two. Great then I white, pick alligator. You pick alligator versus yeah. great white. <laughs> of sure. course, if, everyone would. I would definitely pick alligator. I guess that's, alligator. that's the yeah. argument, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I listen to that out loud. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous. What would you rather chomp you up? Or what, I, what I, do you think you have the best chance I will say that? this. These, these, uh, these, Creole, uh, <laughs> these Creole boat guys, they're missing... Body parts, they're missing like fingers and teeth and stuff, and mm-hmm. then and the, like they had no problem like scooping these alligators up out of them. It was like, oh, this is Ralph. And like, yeah, don't worry about him. He's just got an attitude. It's part of the tour. Yeah. Um, Are you allowed to say Creole boat guys? Is that because <laughs> as a Haitian right now, you better watch it, Frenchman. You better watch it for. <laughs> Zach is French and I'm Haitian. Yeah. So it doesn't make for a good living experience. Mortal enemies. Yeah. Oh. But uh, yeah, no, they uh, <laughs> they definitely. I don't know, like, well, they, he took us out to the bayou, and um, they were just. Uh, I was like, "Is this close? Is this too close? This feels like too close. Like it would be like less than five feet away." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "They just want marshmallows. They're they're fine. Yeah. They're basically like uh, seagulls at this point." It felt insensitive to do the fan boat thing. I don't know. But the plantation, you were like, cool. yeah, no, that would, oh, yeah, <laughs> that would be insensitive. That, that, that would be insensitive when you're in a, in the, down south. That's part of history, okay? Like, that is in books. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I don't how embarrassing would it be for someone to catch me coming off of a fan boat, guys? Anyway, I was having a drink in the slave quarters the other day, and um, so you're a big slave buff, uh, yeah. Jake. Big slave buff, Jake. <laughs> They had this cocktail called 40 Acres and a Mule. And let me tell you, it was delicious. It was a big, uh, big fan of history. <laughs> Especially when history is on my side. <laughs> no, uh, so you have a love-hate relationship with slavery. I, I do. I really do. I understand. <laughs> I understand. They, they had like one of those penny like cranking things. Like, you know, like, you're going to pretend to be a slave. We're going to pretend to be a slave. There's a ride where you're going to pretend you're going to pick cotton out here. They you don't do that, but they're yeah. It's like kind of around that. I like oh, the idea. That, yeah, I like the idea that Jake's not sure what is racist <laughs> or not. He goes, "Look, I don't want to be associated with no fan boats or making a souvenir penny." Okay, oh, I, I know the history. Were there face painting <laughs> stations at all? <laughs> you can no. get your face painted. Um, 
Guys, people were selling ice cream on the street, and I was like, I do not want to be. Look, it's 2021, all right? No oh street God. ice cream. All right, so how much is it to carry a whip? You can hold it. Guys, the whip parade starts at three. Let's go. <laughs> anyway. Uh... $30 to, to, tour, to tour the big house. I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't realize that the, the term uh, master bedroom came from slavery. No, it didn't. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I guess like I, I haven't heard that. Who I, else I is sleeping know. in there? Oh, the master. Did you fact check this? No. Nope. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah right. This is coming out of nowhere. Bring it up. Bring it up. Uh, Google that for uh, me, producer. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the first time I started hearing master was when I watched Fresh Prince about it, <laughs> like, which is kind of like a mind fuck when you think about it. Like, like the like hip black TV show. And then like, there's like this butler that like. Is he going? Didn't, he didn't say master. Uh, yeah. Master did Williams. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he I mean, but that's full. a butler, which also probably comes from some sort of like. I mean, like maybe not slavery, but that probably comes from the monarchy, right? So, so British thing, butlery. You were wrong. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you've been saying master, this for a while. Master bedroom predates uh, at least American slavery, so it's not. Uh, but it refers to the master of the household. Okay, so it's probably Ooh. sexist. Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 an ist. It's an it's an ist or a phobia. Everything's something terrible. Yeah. Did your did your parents have separate bedrooms growing up? Don't like, worry about what my parents. <laughs> don't worry about how often they were having sex. All right, that was their business. Okay, so I, mine did. I'll, mine did too. Yeah, they actually had separate houses because they were divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you too. No, uh, that's not a super big flex. I feel like everybody's from a divorced family. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Wait, why did Zach get so upset about that? I, I think. You, you, you missed the point. Uh, my parents had separate bedrooms growing up. Okay. Like, what, you so, know? So, that's my parents uh, took all of the doors off of our bedrooms. I feel like that's just as weird. Okay. Like, all yeah. of our house, we had no interior doors. Because it was supposed to be more open. It almost feels like they, you know, they got together really quick and they had me. And they, like, really didn't organize their lives. Like, they they kept all their own shit from, like, living separately. And then all of a sudden there's a family. Like, and we like we have to have separate bedrooms because we have separate shit. Like, we just have the residual things. They kind of just persisted as two single people. I guess so, yeah. kind of had a how, kid. Yeah. How old yeah. were you when they got divorced? Oh, I was uh, 18. Oh, so they kept it together for... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, they got divorced when I was five, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. They oh no, no, one foot out the door the whole time. No, no, no. It was, it was after the fact, and they stayed. And they got, and they tell me like, it's not a big deal. It's not your fault. But we stayed together for a couple of years when we probably should have, just so you were well adjusted or whatever. To hear that after the fact yeah. completely takes all that adjusting <laughs> away. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we hated every minute of it, but uh, <laughs> they, you turned out okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're fine now, so we can tell you all this fucked up shit. You're not going to think about this for your whole life. It's not life like you go hang out like, on plantations or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's all about power. Okay, I've, I've learned that. Yeah. I no. wonder how many kids got the, the talk that it is your fault talk. <laughs> 
Like, that, like this, <laughs> this is your fault. Um, me and your mother are getting divorced because of you. There uh, used to be love here. Um, it's called life. It's called uh, and to be honest with you, you really fuck shit up. We were doing good, and then you came along, and we were kind of religious, I think, and then you just kind of fucked everything up. Yeah. yeah, I feel like, because you did tell us about you sleepwalking, Yeah, like they had to make sure, because you would sleepwalk and walk into your parents' bedroom, correct? Yeah. Can you describe what you did? Okay, so like I I, I was an only child. I was in a, a duplex with my parents growing up between the ages of, you know, birth and six or seven, whatever have you. But I had a habit of uh, walking out of my bedroom, which the door was always closed. I would open the door uh, and walk across the hallway just next to my parents' bedroom where their door was always closed as well. And I would open the door and then just kind of stand there and not say anything to my terrified parents going, Jake, you you fine to me not answering, but looking like pretty much the most menacing thing. Right. It, it is thing. your fault. It is your fault. It's totally my fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like, how, how can anybody have sex at that point? Like, yeah. <laughs> no one. No. Not yeah. me. Like, with the risk of that, like, without, you know, without the risk of, like, you know, being creepy around your child, but, like, your child is actually, like, a possessed by a demon, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, I'm sorry about your parents. It, you know, thank you. Was it your who was it your who gave us those uh, mystery pills that one time we went on? We were doing a gig in Ohio. The mystery. Oh, it was. Oh yeah, uh, it was probably my dad because I think my dad came around and he like they're big like uh, nutritional supplement people like and they had like probably something that was close to like a pre-workout or something it was just some sort of vitamin that was pretty much legal cocaine like in a capsule is that what you're talking yeah. about yeah so we were supposed to go do the open mic at wiley's and we got up at like noon from checked out of our airbnb oh yeah went to breakfast went and hung out at we, a, we, a we, coffee we, shop we, all day oh no it was a coffee shop that had like a 3d printer it was yeah. the weirdest like dayton <laughs> coffee thing i don't know and like, we're, you, we're, could, you could 3d print a pineapple while you're sucking down a chai it's I don't know. too it cold weird. to go walk around or do anything so we're just trying to kill time to the open mic starts at eight we've been i feel like we've just, done everything we can it's only one o'clock yeah we're like man we got so much more time to kill so we go to an arcade bar also now i'm like okay well you can't drink all day because then you're just gonna be too drunk to perform and we and we had to drive home that night too. oh yeah, yeah so yeah, we so, so we slow play some beers i play every single arcade game in this arcade and then it's only like it's only like five o'clock. Oh my god, that was so miserable. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, dude. That was a miserable experience. Like it was fun. Like once we got into Wiley's, like yeah. it was a lot of fun. Like everybody that was on the open mic was great. Like you know, and it was nice to you know see live comedy. But it was a fucking bummer the rest of the time. Like, well, I just remember being so tired and bloated from drinking that I was like, I'm gonna have to take a nap before I can perform. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna go have to go into your car, turn the heat on, and take a nap for like an hour. And he was like, Hey. My dad gave me these like uh, all natural energy oh, pills. Yeah, yeah. And now I can't think of the name. But and yeah, he's yeah. like, you know, if you take one, it'll probably wake you up. And I was like, all right. And so I take one. We both take one at the same time. And as soon as we take it, he goes, uh, "Oh yeah." Also, my dad, my stepmom said that, or was it? Yeah, yeah. Said that it gave him a terrible diarrhea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Second after I take it, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> 
Well, that what? Pro- that probably won't happen to us, though, right? Like, that's probably not... <laughs> We've had so many nacho fries. We're fine, yeah. right? I mean, we've just, we just been drinking beer and eating this bar food all day. Like a street fighter. Surely. <laughs> what? So then, for the next two hours, I just had a public diarrhea attack oh. where I was just walking in a, in a loop between going and shitting my brains out, coming back out, sitting down, going like, oh, I feel someone... Nope, I don't. And then going back to the back. Bathroom no. for two hours. That is the most rudest thing you can do. No, like I think that's in the book of rudeness. I know. It's like, the top that five. Is, that was that hitting was, someone a pill that's going to make them shit their brains was, out. Was, I will say this: I did not. I wasn't sleepy after that though. Like all that diarrhea really yeah. wakes you up. No, are your parents like that? Because they watched him swallow that pill. Are your no. parents like that usually? No, no, no. I mean, no, no. Like, he was the one that watched me swallow the pill and said it. <laughs> oh, he said it. Yeah. This, this, oh, yeah, their parents yeah. weren't no, there. No, oh. no, no. This, oh, this, this is you. This was, <laughs> this was a bo- oh. this was a bonus from like like the only time I see like my dad, and my stepmom is typically on holidays. So this was like a bonus from like Christmas or something like that. Like my stepmom was just like, "Have you tried these?" And like I could tell that like she's already on a couple of them or whatever. Like yeah, they that like they're they're probably like diet pills. After but the, those kind of things like get you like jacked after up. the diarrhea, I felt great. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was full of energy. The, they're diet pills because they make you shake. Yeah, your like goddamn two organs, hours of diarrhea so. and then you're good to go. Yeah, he just waits waits till you gulp. Have you heard of dysentery? What? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, dysentery will give, cause weight loss. I forgot. I totally forgot. Forgot that we did that. That uh, was the the coffee shop show too, mm-hmm. right? When uh, it was a great weekend. The like the MC who invited us was actually like the barista, but yeah. he was still playing us. <laughs> and uh, it, like I mean, people's kids were like running around there, like because it was their like Christmas village or whatever. And we're like thinking, okay, there's like you know, there's family around, like there's kids, like we're gonna keep it clean. And then the host barista comes up and just starts like like laying down. F bombs like it's fucking Hiroshima or something like that. I mean, like my favorite is that he just pointed to like some gal in the in the front row and he's like, "I'd like to get under you." Like he was just, like taking shots of this. Like we Whoa. we we thought he like, just served all these people cappuccinos yeah, and then yeah. he's like, "I'd fuck you." We're, we're, like, the, like we're looking at each other like we probably shouldn't say like this word or this word, you know, or whatever. And then the host comes out like Howard Stern <laughs> in his hometown square. Oh my god, that was so funny. Oh, I thought that was so funny. That was a that was a wild uh, trip. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was fun. Yeah. Hey guys, we're gonna take a quick uh, break, and we'll be right back with more Jake Johnson. Traditional Irish uh, father daughter dance song. <laughs> <laughs> 
You All tell right. how much like Zach likes the song <laughs> by how long he lets it like play. <laughs> like he's really into it. Like is he wiping his tear ducts right now? He spoke to me. <laughs> he produced a shillelagh at the bottom of the table. Oh my gosh. Hi and welcome back to the program. We're here talking with uh Comedian, uh, craft, uh, <laughs> craft bartender. I prefer mixologist. Mixologist. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you. Space Space Jam enthusiast. <laughs> Jake Johnson. Now, like on the break, you were saying you were upset about Lola Bunny. Uh, re- <laughs> like revamp. You were like, why can't she stay original, Lola? You know. Like natural curves, okay? You know, we're, we're really lacking on those these days. And it just tells you that this country has kind of turned to the pants, you know? The lack of tits on my cartoon bunnies means this country's gone to the pits. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that many people were actually upset about it. I think that was kind of a. I think I, you'd be surprised, probably. Oh, I, I totally thought that was like Photoshop. Like that actually was a thing that people were upset about. Like. That, yeah. that was an actual, like, screenshot of a scene. Yeah. Like, so you're ticker. saying that now that you've seen it, maybe you're one of those people that's actually, you're like, no, I thought that was an exaggeration. Dude, they really dude. took her tits? Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I put a side-by-side comparison, and I was like, anyone that was that hot in 96 probably does look like that now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, my God. They're just tired. They want to put on a long, sports bra. Very long ears. Uh, she, she like not only had a sports bra, but she also had like I don't I don't know anything about sports, but she had like the like the leg bandage and the arm bandage. I was like, I feel like she's been through some shit. Like I have not. She's been playing a lot of basketball. She's had multiple injuries. Dyke, I'm not going to lie to you. I have not looked up recent pictures of Lola Bunny. Right? Can we now. Yeah. can we bring it up here? Well, yeah. see, well, Zach's so good at producing. Sometimes he doesn't put the TV on. He's like, you know what? Hey, I think. Hey, Zane, can you? Have <laughs> well, okay, a real behind the scenes look here. <laughs> That, have, Chris, you, have you seen Lola? Well, I, I Chris saw King it. Is rolling like, over in his grave. There's only a certain amount of time to like bullshit that you could like dedicate your life to, and like <laughs> I saw like the comparison. I'm like, okay, I'm not going here right now. You know, what I mean, I, I had too much. But like, can you explain to me what's going on? Like, did she lose curves? Is are, that what what happened? We're not gonna like. And are we allowed to say tits for a rabbit? <laughs> we're not gonna discount the fact that there was a Space Jam, right? Like yeah. they aged. You know, things might have happened. But I don't think cartoons age typically. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. they don't. So like, well, so it wasn't necessarily go. that she uh, aged. It was that she just got reimagined. What? There's, it's also it's also that's the not legs. That big of a difference. The legs are thinner. All the other Looney Tunes took. Yeah. I hate objectifying a rabbit right now, but like, <laughs> right? I mean, she does still have hips. Like, I don't know. Is that wrong to say? She still got hips, guys. I I don't see the big fucking deal. You're telling me that that was an actual thing that Tucker Carlson had his <laughs> dumb head on, yeah, with well, words like scrolling okay, by. Okay, like let's be honest, that's though. a like, joke. If you, no, that was a joke. It right? was great. It was a great joke. I mean, it was. Oh no, wait, it was a real. No, thing. No, this is a real thing. Yeah, it, it was, was a real. It was a real thing that was broadcast. Yeah, they, I guess as a controversy, they got they got rid of Pepe Le Pew too. I heard. I heard Pepe. Maybe got he's pe- there because Pepe the got canceled. Pepe got canceled. Yeah, because he's, he's like, like I'm not in this world anymore. I'm not, he self-selected out. He said, "You know what, guys? He's I'm gonna go ahead and excuse. I'm, I'm gonna excuse myself. I know there's some shit you guys I, can say. I see what's happening. I yeah. see what's going I on. I can, on I can read a room. I cannot handle this amount of celebrity as a skunk, as a cartoon skunk. Lola, Lola got canceled for being too sexy. Apparently, I don't know. 
Um, she didn't get canceled. She just got reduced. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say I had never seen the. I, I've never seen the entirety of Space Jam. What? The first time I saw Space Jam was when Gwen reenacted the gender swap uh, Space Jam on right. stage, and I was like, "Oh man, this movie sounds terrible." Uh, but I've seen parts of it, and they do like they all leer when she comes out. She like bends over. And then all your favorite childhood cartoons like leer at her ass. Yeah, yeah, like oh, that's yeah. in the movie. Yeah, it taught us. <laughs> it, taught us it taught men how to act uh, when rabbits bend over. I've got a hot take. Go ahead. Space Jam sucks. Yeah, I think I think that's is it, is that, an agreement. Is, is yeah. that is that not like a, an accepted thing? No. That's I think Space Jam sucks. It's one of those things that as a kid you you probably liked, and then you get older and you're like, this is terrible. Like this is a terrible movie. It's a very I would bad watch movie. Space Jam right now. Screw you guys. I've never. Oh, I haven't no. seen it since I was a kid. I, I think I, see, I I thought that you guys had. I I wasn't aware that it sucked. Yeah, I'm still remembering oh, it's a great a story. Kid. Like, okay, great okay. So, like, cartoons and Michael Jordan in the fucking '90s. What are you like missing? Well, right, right. But you're exactly. talking. But you're talking about Bill Murray and a bunch of like all-star NBA USA team cameos. But it's the corniest shit ever. Like, it almost ruins it. How bad the fucking movie is written because, like, when you grow up. And you get to know who these people are and like their impact on society and culture or whatever have you. And then they're stuck in this shitty fucking movie, like with Bugs Bunny, who I love, by the way. Big fan of Bugs Bunny. Big fan of Daffy Duck. Big fan of Michael Jordan. Shit ass movie, dude. It is a bad movie. I feel like we're losing fans as we speak. (laughs) Yeah. Is this a popular take? No, not for me. Really? For all you Space Jam heads. Dude, like, go back and watch it. So you're saying the whole thing should be canceled. Like all of it. No, not canceled. I'm just saying it's not enjoyable. Tucker's it's, not going to like this. The, the <laughs> like the nostalgia for it is there. You know, like it was a thing. When you go back and watch it, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't age well, but not in an appro- not in an inappropriate way. It, it was, was just, just not entertaining. Like, it's like not you're very a dumb fu- kid. It's and not you fucking fell entertaining. For a dumb kid movie. It, it's just a bunch of buzzwords on a screen, basically. Like all the airbuds. Yeah. Okay. And, what, and what, no, no. <laughs> those hold up. Airbuds hold up. Airbuds I mean, get the rebounds. Okay, they hold up. I mean, there is there is such a thing as classic cinema. Obviously, oh the Airbud franchise is protected. Space, Space Jam sucks. I'm I can't believe it. what I'm hearing. You'd rather pick Airbud look over Space Jam. I'll tell you yes. what. Yeah, no, we you discredit him. You're human. You're, 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 you know what never happened yeah, in You're Air making Bu- Zane leave. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just going to say, compared to Michael Jordan, that dog was Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what never happened uh, in Airbud. Airbud never like went to retrieve like a, a ball, like a rebound, and then every male member looked at Airbud's ass and said, oh, I'd fuck that oh, dog. What the fuck? Fuck! That's what they did to Lola Bunny. Is that what that dude like that was on the Today Show? The guy Gene Shalit, like with the mustache, <laughs> just talking about that dog's butthole the whole time. Like I don't know. So they would desexualize Air Bud by just uh, filling up his butthole so he doesn't have one. Yeah, I guess. I guess my <laughs> thing is, how about instead of like making Lola Bunny less sexy, how about everyone's not a creep to her when she comes out to play basketball? I'll go. I guess that would have been hard to draw. Like I don't know. 
when yeah, they mean they're what, cartoons, what do you expect? Yeah. Some, somebody, <laughs> somebody consci- tunes will be tunes. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> somebody consciously drew Jesus. that Jesus. curve. I mean, like, yes. That was somebody's idea to draw a curve, I guess. Whatever like, have the, you. The, the cartoonist is like, wait, why am I not getting hired back? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like my original little. I, I like curves. <laughs> also, I don't mean to be a stickler, but wouldn't Rama have six breasts? Like. Like, don't they have, like, more? So, are you proposing that Lullabunny <laughs> has okay, way too wait. little? Okay, are you, are you about Like, to you're saying number-wise, <laughs> yeah. Lullabunny needs more boots. Four more, four Zach, more to Zach, be exact. Zach, Zach's about to Google rabbit biology right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, look at look at look at all those teats. Rabbit teats. All right, well, yeah. You said six. What's what's the over under? That looks like eight. Maybe yeah, eight. That looked like eight. <laughs> yeah. Eight teats. Hey, oh, there right. we go. He's <laughs> on the dumbest questions ever. So, <laughs> so you, she needs six more teats for this to be yeah. representative. Yeah. yeah. So she should have more teats, not. Don't don't cover up the teeth. That, Let's that add means, more. So I'm just picturing a scene like where she gets sweaty and she like just lifts up her shirt to wipe off her face. I wanted to, six, I wanted to come out on the teeth. court and I want children to start crying. Okay, like you stop. I feel like you're venturing more into like the anime hentai world than you are like, oh, uh, like a Warner Brothers. Oh, oh wow. Anyway, the corned beef hash. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we were going to talk about food. <laughs> we were talking about food. We were talking about rabbits. We're treating her like fresh meat. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, okay, if I can lead off this conversation. Go ahead. Like, yeah. uh, you guys made corned beef hash. It yeah. was amazing. Uh, Bridget, uh, it was like a... Hold you, on. You, no, let's, let's not skate over that. You made corned beef hash and then put a period at the end of that sentence. That was bangers and hash, sir. Bangers and hash. Smoked... Bangers, bangers, a, a banger in the mouth, if you will. Okay, a smoked banger um, over, yeah, corned beef ash. It's two. It's two great Irish staples together. Uh-huh. It's great. I don't know. I feel I'm, like you undersold it there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna he be did. honest with you. I, I don't really like white people food. Yeah, uh, but this was, this was pretty fucking good. This Caucasian dish that you made, yeah, was, uh, it was a banger, if you oh, will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the. Um, uh, Bridget made a what did you you said a cottage pie with uh, yes mashed potatoes yeah we made that together that oh was. oh excuse me Bridget she, I mean just she, did the she, nice she, looking part. yeah she she, was, yeah. she <laughs> made it pretty she was the one that was uh, pu- piping she did all piping, the pi- she did all the, the, the piping work yes. and that's why yep. it looks so beautiful yeah okay well but that was a collab okay well cottage pie if you were to assign percentages how much of it was your dish do you think i would say 75 oh i mean because i also cooked the mashed potatoes okay i just gave it to her and then she piped it on she yeah (laughs) she just piped it is what you're saying she's strong 25 for the looks the 25 you see like when you look at a muffin right that's a good it's 25 75 but what's the the real show pony is the 25 (laughs) i I really actually don't give a shit what you did because (laughs) she piped so well yeah 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 it was uh nice job bridget it was a beautiful dish. Bridget. Uh, and then what else did we have? You, we had a stew. The stew. Yeah. The stew. Irish stew. Mm-hmm. It was uh, just a beef and cabbage stew. Yeah. And then the dessert, because it is pie day. Three, three one, four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I made the cottage pie. And then Bridget. Did, did oh, we? oh, you made the pie. Right. <laughs> you didn't pipe the pie. But anyway. I, 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 anyway, made, the anyway. I made the pie. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. And then Bridget. Um. What the dessert? What kind of pie was that? Chocolate? I missed it. It was like something cream pie. Uh, Irish did, cream pie. Did, that's what it was. Okay, got it. That's what she said. That's what it was. Yeah, Irish you cream sure? pie. Yeah. 
right. It had Bailey's and shaved chocolate. Uh, she's going to be so mad. Uh, well, she <laughs> add, she told me she added a cup of alcohol to it. Yeah, it was the Bailey's. Okay. Um, so I guess I broke my sobriety streak because of Bridget's dessert. You Bridget son just of a poisoned bitch. you. That's I'm wasted. And she knew. That she knew. Okay, we're shaming Bridget right now. Mm. Mm. How dare you, Bridget? Bull crap. Yeah. We, this is probably not the episode to do that on. <laughs> oh, we're not supposed to shame women. Uh, we were just talking about Lola Bunny's tits for like an this hour. This actually seems like the episode to do it. Uh, we're gonna actually, uh, disagree, all. I hate it here. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, I've been waiting to get canceled for so long. <laughs> this is a real, real chuckleheads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, man, that corned beef, uh, corned beef in the slow cooker. I feel like that's the way to go. Like, I love a nice smoked corned beef, but uh, I made corned beef for something one day and I just had it and it was to be mixed in with something. And like Zach and Thad and Chris kept going by and just taking little bites of it. And they're like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. And I was like, I guess I could just cook corned beef like that sometime. How long was it sitting in there? You you said, Thad said something when uh, you brought it out about the mustard seeds or whatever. How long was it sitting in the... About in eight the hours. Oh. Yeah. It would have been longer, but I uh, forgot to put it in. And then I woke up in the middle of the night. And I was like, the corned beef! <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you yelled in the middle of the night? Yeah, I jumped up on a table like a old timey woman in a black and white movie. Yeah. <laughs> like corn beef. there's a mouse. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why that was being streamed. <laughs> why is the corn beef gone? Uh, I am a big fan. Uh, the sprouts, Brussels sprouts, have uh, grown on me. I was yeah. never, I was never mm. a fan as a kid, and Brussels sprouts have become. Uh, uh, a part of my repertoire now, I believe, for side dishes, if you will. Yeah. I never, like, we just never ate Brussels sprouts. Like, it was never an option, but it was something that was always on TV. It was, like, the quintessential food that the kid on TV is like, time to eat your Brussels sprouts, Tommy. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I want to go be radical. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Right. And then when I was an adult and tried them, I was like, these fucking rule. I don't know what. Yeah. Put a little bit of hot honey. Like some lemon on honey, honey yeah. a little bit of bacon. I think I think it's because it was prepared for us like in a like in, in a in a hot bowl that was left in the sun. Basically, that like mm-hmm. that's what I know of Brussels sprout. Basically, people like, weren't growing creative up. enough. Not really. No mm-hmm. hot honey. No uh, you know seasoning. No lemon. Nothing. Like sort of anything. No bacon grease. I remember being a kid and having somebody uh, like canned spinach, and just thinking that's what spinach was. Yeah. And then we got older, and it was just like, oh, spinach is also the shit. I, I'm i still kind of, uh, I'm going to, uh, hot take here. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a cauliflower person still. Like I like the I like the buffalo, like the veggie, mm-hmm. you know, like like wingy bites or whatever that made a cauliflower just with a bunch of buffalo sauce on yeah. it. Yeah, still not a fan. Can't fuck with that. I don't know what it is. So but. my dad like makes a cauliflower pizza. You have to come over and try it. It's okay. amazing to the point where like a restaurant, like a local restaurant in town, got his recipe and now they serve it there at the res- restaurant. So it, is it cauliflower as a topping or cauliflower crust? The crust. Okay. Okay. So you got to try it. If you try this, no, it's going to change your. Oh, you're <laughs> denied. I'm not. I, 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 disagree. Disagree. Will not be trying right. it. I, I refuse. No. I no. I, I thought you said have I tried it? No, I have not tried it. I would okay. be curious to try it out. Well, you yeah. will try it. Yeah. What are you doing tonight? <laughs> what, uh, uh, <laughs> what are some food? What are, what are what are the no fly foods that you just can't? Fuck no with fly whatsoever? foods. Yeah. Okay, so 
I've been, I've, I really, I, I, I will admit that I was a picky eater growing up, mm. and I didn't really fuck with anything. Um, but I've diversified my uh, greens. Like I was like just awful about anything green. Yeah, I was as a little little kid. Yeah, still. For, for I mean, while. like there's a couple things that I don't fuck with. Uh, green beans. I don't do green beans. Green beans. I, like honestly, like soybeans, green beans don't fuck. You know, with like edamame. That. I like edamame. Funny oh, enough, I guess okay. it is a green bean that I do like. Uh, I like those are soybeans too. Are they really? Yeah. Okay. Well, the prep the the preparation on certain green beans or soybeans I don't really like very much. Lima yeah. beans. Lima beans I fuck with. I do fuck with lima. Beans. I like kidney beans like I didn't used to. Like, like yeah, yeah. Beans beans I feel like I'm I'm slowly gravitating that way like I like most beans but growing up I didn't like the texture like of like skin and my teeth like with beans yeah yeah bean skin bean skin Jake Johnson he likes most beans <laughs> most I, I'm getting there what's a bean yeah what's a bean you don't fuck with um soy yeah I don't yeah I guess I do like edamame but like if it's just like a soybean in like a hash like we have a smoked salmon hash at Schmarden Fable it's a German uh, mm-hmm. French place uh, they they do a smoked salmon hash, and it's just the way that the soybean like comes up in the mix or whatever. Like even when it's mixed, like I I like I get one, and I don't fuck with it. I don't oh, know, wow. I don't know what it is. Yeah, uh, it's just something in the way it's prepared. I guess I need salt. I need sodium when it comes to the soybeans. Still, I but, uh, I uh, what are the ones I don't I cannot mess with. And this sounds bougie as hell every time I say it, but like fake truffle whatever that chemical that oh, is the fake yeah. truffle mm-hmm. like it grosses me out it like makes me feel physically sick like with like like truffle oil fries or whatever like it gives me like a stomach ache so is it, i don't even like the smell of it is it like is most of it fake then because you can tell is most i mean is, you, is, you, you can tell by price is if it's it, real or not okay but like if you're going god damn this is expensive it's real truffle well, usually but have you ever experienced it where like price didn't dictate it and like you kind of knew that like hey this looks expensive but it's actually kind of cheap shit because you know what cheap shit like tastes like I don't yeah know. i can i it's to me it's so distinctive of a, a taste difference artisanos mm. does a good one they uh, they buy in truffles every year for mm-hmm. it, and they make it themselves, uh, and it, it, it's pretty good. I used to bartend at um, Plat Ninety Nine, mm-hmm. the the cocktail bar in the Alexander Hotel, and I think you even said too, like you knew that that was kind of the not genuine truffle. It was like kind of mass produced or like whatever. Yeah, I I worked at I went through like server training at Yard House. I never I never actually served oh, there. Oh, that's what it was. Gotcha. But uh yeah, they put it on like all, all their fries and certain dishes. And so when you were just like walking it out to your table, just being like that close to it, it's one of the few foods I'm just like it just smells like fucking dog shit to me. Mm. You know? Like I just don't like it. It's it lingers on my palate just from breathing it in like ugh. Do you like regular truffle? Yeah, like, like actual truffle. Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred okay, percent. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's just because they have nothing in common. Like fake truffle oil has nothing to do with actual truffle. Oil. It's just a synthesized it, goo. Yeah, it, it's made like it's made in a, in a beaker yeah. or something. Basically, you're saying, yeah. Um, I can't think of it. Like maybe some we were talking about who was somebody was talking about online uh, getting the blue the. The chicken. Right. Oh yeah, still dude. And so like, when you get into like, I uh, like that would be really hard. Uh, the other one is uh, natto. Have you ever tried that? Like at a sushi joint, I'll have it. It's this fermented soybean, um, and <laughs> I'm it's, out. <laughs> it's it's really, it's really nasty. Like it has a really nasty texture to it. It almost has like an ammonia like 
taste, but it has this texture that's probably one of the most offensive. Like I'll well, eat just about anything. There's not a lot that I don't like, and this this is like probably the, the grossest thing I ever tried. Have you do, have you done balut? No, no. You, I feel like that would mess with me too, though. Like the crunching of the bones or yeah. any of that. I don't think I would enjoy. It. I mean, I'd give it a go, but do you think? Do you think what you tried, like the fermented soybean, might be worse than balut? Which balut is probably not. I, probably not because what what that was was this uh, it was like the the beans were fermented and they were slimy, and so when you got them in your mouth the slime coated your mouth mm, and uh, yeah. it was really hard to get down and so but it was also gagging you so it was even harder to get down, which I'm sure you know they're I'm, I'm sure I'm disgracing it to you know people who actually sure. you know like really like enjoy it uh, but that was the most extreme thing I've tried but I've tried things like in the uh, uh, they would make something called goat water uh, that a lot of people had a problem with in the uh, uh, in the islands, and it was basically just goat stock, which was reduced way down. And they would drink it in like little espresso sized shots in the morning to before you go to work, and it was you know like bone broth. like a bone broth, yeah, yeah. But it was really goaty. Like, is it I mean, thick? Is it like a thick. demi almost? Exactly, exactly. Oh, wow. If you had a goat demi. And it's, I mean, it's, I mean, I enjoy it or whatever, but you know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, like, can we brand some batch number two goat water? Is is, is it just goat? Like they didn't like spice it with anything? I'll make, I'll make it. Any, any herbs or like, I'll make some, I'll, I'll pick up some goat and make some. Yes. Was it again? It was just goat bone. Well, so by the time you got juice? it, like you buy it out of like a, a, a shack, right? Uh-huh. So th- there was like the malta, which everybody like would drink a malta in the morning, forget your carbohydrates, right. and then you'd have like a shot of goat water, and that was like considered like a working breakfast or whatever. Do you, you guys, you guys fuck with the fish heads? I can't do it. Nope. You eat the eye? No, I'm saying I can't at all. But I mean, like whole tiny fish don't bother me. How, I, I don't think I'd like eat out a fish's eye. I don't know of anywhere that's how, like making you do that. Though. How do you eat a How do you eat a head? Like, do you just take it all to the dome, like, or do you just like kind of pick at it? Well, you like, take the dome to the dome. Like I, uh, I have some friends from Malaysia, and like one of their um, like comfort foods there, like their version of chicken noodle soup is fish head soup. And so it's just like, oops, all fish heads. Gotcha. Um, that was that was that was, uh, that was something that I was always like, uh, like I could take a spoonful of the soup, sure. but like I'm not going to crunch down on a fish head. Like, yeah, I, I think can't. a bunch of like sizable fish heads, like a soup just of fish heads, would yeah. get to me after a fashion. Yeah. I can do a couple bites of some like some things because I can do. Like I, I grew up eating a lot of organ meats and stuff. And yeah, so, sure. Like, I that can stuff eat, like, doesn't really bother like me. Pig cheek or whatever, not yeah. a problem. But like, I don't think I could put a whole pig skull in my mouth. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Are you picking out skull? Like, are you picking out teeth? Like, I wouldn't. I also, teeth? I also like, would not eat a pig eyeball. And I know some people say, swear that that's a delicacy. That's I've eaten smoked. a pig eyeball, yeah. and well, it wasn't smoked. It was just out of like, it was out of. Uh, we made a big batch of um, uh, scrapple. Mm. Uh, which is where you just take a big pig head, like cook it out, uh, let all the meat fall off of it, pull the skull out, and then thicken it up with cornstarch. And then it's called a jack o' lantern. <laughs> well, then you take that and you can serve it in like loaves. It's kind of like a polenta like thing. Mm. Mm. And where the eyeball come into that? Well, so when we pulled the skull out, there was eyeball, and then you, you know, you were just popped it in your mouth like a Mentos. Yeah, I think me and somebody else <laughs> I was working with did just to you know try do, it. Do, 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 what's the What's the middle of the eyeball like? What 
Describe that for me. I don't know. It's about just about like you'd think. Like a grape, or Jello. Something? Yeah, like a like a grape. really bony grape. Oh, <laughs> oh, is there dude. a bone in the iPod? There's no bone, but it's like, Te- it's like, like there's like yeah, there's like texture in Te- there. Tendon or yeah. something. I don't know. It's or like the not. lenses and the stuff iris. Like that. Yeah. Oh, Yo, can I get fuck, some more dude. iris over here? <laughs> It's so good. It's, chop, chop. It's got a really irisy mouthfeel to it. Oh my irisy god. Irisy mouthfeel. Oh my. Is that the name of this episode? Irisy mouthfeel. Irisy mouthfeel. <laughs> I uh, the what's what what's the worst thing that I've had? I think I tried uh, scorpion, but it was overcooked. So yeah, that was the worst. They always have scorpion pizzas at the state fair. It's no, the weirdest. Really? I swear to God, it's the weirdest thing. It's, How much meat do you get off a scorpion? I feel like it's, it's like the whole a, scorpion. It's yeah. I mean, not it, much. Not much. Oh, at are you all, supposed like, to peel it open yourself? No, it's no, on you, the like no, on the just, pizza. It's just on there. You eat the whole guy. The whole thing. thing. You just yeah. crunch through it. Yeah, it's, they, it's, they take the venom sack I, out. I, I, I guess it's technically for texture. It's awful. Like I don't know. I guess the way so that just I had it prepared. It's just a crunchy. Yes, exoskeletons. Y'all like, we got some irises, we got some exoskeletons. What do you guys want to eat today? And I'd hate to be that, like, server to, like, (laughs) people complaining about the scorpion. Like, yeah. Uh, I liked it except for the scorpion that I ordered. Um, I said medium well. (laughs) The pizza, five stars. Scorpion, one star. Um, That was pretty gross, yeah. Yeah. I would say that's probably the grossest thing I had, but again, I think it was the way that it was prepared. Yeah, I think I probably could have like got scorpion at a better, you know, establishment. So you know, like a deep fried scorpion, you think would have been better? Well, no, it, I think it was. I think it was just kind of like broiled. I, mean, I think it was probably broiled a little bit too long. It was broiled, not deep fried. Yeah, some but. things I think are just gross. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> some things are just gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, cause, like, if I was like, could I eat? The, I was like, could I eat the the blue? Like, and I was like, I could with a lot of hot sauce. Did you? And then no, not yet. But I'm just like, Ugh. how much hot sauce? Like, if, like if I need to cover it in hot sauce, maybe I could just not eat it. Like, you know, maybe that's the, the yeah. Way like, what's the upside to eating something strange? Um, I mean, there, you know what? There's, but I didn't realize how much I was going to be into offal until Steve Ruby. We started cooking stuff, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to eat, like, a dish full of hearts. And then we, like, cooked up, like, we stuffed, like, a bunch of, like, rabbit hearts or something and, like, deep fried them, stuffed them with cheese. (laughs) It was just like, yeah, we're fat kids. But uh, it was really good. And then it was like, started getting into, like, terrines and stuff like that. And I was like, I wouldn't have guessed that I would have liked all this organ meat, but it is delicious. That's what Oful is. Yeah. Rabbit hearts? Or just organ meat? Organ meat. Lola hearts, oh, like, <laughs> full hearts, eighteenth, like in, like in, like in a pot pie. You're saying, I mean, like with a crust and, and no, no, no. We just just straight up, up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like some of the terrine stuff is kind of like that, though. Like it's more like layered. Uh, like you make like a like a paste out of the liver, and then you put a layer of that. Then you put another like gelatin layer of something mm-hmm. with a flaky crust, though. Like yeah. a, <laughs> like Gomez came in and was like. Uh, he just had like ten pounds of liver or something like that. He was like five pounds of liver. He's like, "Can you do something with this?" And so we, I made brown schweiger. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was just basically it's a liver pate that is smoked, and so it's like you basically put it in a food processor, and then I think you add. 
some bread, right? And there's some breading. I'm just I've been a while since I made it. But then uh, you basically, yeah, you just put it in a, in a mold and then uh, and then smoke it. And then we cut it off into squares. And it was honestly almost like a hamburger. Yeah. Like like a high-end hamburger is really mm-hmm. good. Like a deep, like mm. deep dish hamburger, I guess, or something like Did that. Did have that iron kind of taste mm. to it. Because there was other stuff in it. I think we cut it with some pork or something, too. I have to. I do have to shout out because we were talking about New Orleans. Per your recommendation, the last like the pretty much the last thing I ate in New Orleans was turkey and the wolf. Yeah, yeah, dude, that shit. Yeah, like you you built it up and like and looking at the menu, it was really really simple. Like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna say basic, but it's just like oh, like he's talking about this. Okay, like let's see what this is all about. And I got like a fried chicken skin sandwich with like tarragon and buffalo and like dill yeah. and a whole bunch of shit. It was great. Wait, is, um, is fried chicken skin? Fried chicken skin? Yeah, like like it, it was almost like chicharrones or something. Just like. the skin that they, yeah yeah it's oh, really good. Wow yeah on on just like a, <laughs> on, on just like a Hawaiian like on a Hawaiian like bread. Okay. It's like a chicken yeah. flavored crouton. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's just like super crispy, basically. Yeah. But the uh, the pot pie they had a pot mm-hmm. pie oh yeah. my god like a fried pot pie yeah which is like basically like a croissant with like a whole goddamn like beautifully smoked again tarragon chicken like all mm-hmm. the stuff oh my god dude so holy shit like you like you built it up and I was like okay yeah, whatever like yeah like that's a cool like culinary spot or whatever holy fucking shit dude like that place is the Bomb. Turkey and the Wolf was basically people that came from fine dining and then just opened up like a lunch spot. And so, yeah, the menu is very simple. It's like a few things, but they just execute everything very well. And it's like, what did they even have seating inside? No, nope. it was nope. just, it was like just in their parking lot just to go. Yeah. And they had like four tables and they put like three chairs all together at the four tables. Yeah. Like they didn't give like, a shit. Yeah, like, take your food and go. You're going to order it. Like, you know, fuck you, whatever. Like they nailed it. Fucking nailed it, dude. That place is awesome. Can you, uh, can you drop a beat for me there, Zach? Yeah. Uh, uh, Jake Johnson. Where can people follow you on social media and listen to all your stuff at? Uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm burn the well, uh, podcast cocktail hour, uh, brought to you by the harder brunch family uh we will have some new episodes coming out obviously we've been kind of going through a bit of a hiatus transition period but follow burn the well on instagram and twitter on instagram it is burn period the period well and then on twitter it is just burn the well i'm gonna try twitter i don't fucking know dude Uh, it's a it's a realm yeah try it on facebook he is yake johnson i'm yake johnson on instagram i'm Jake Johnson on Facebook. Sure, I don't fucking know, dude. Like, it's Jake Johnson with Y's instead of J's. My mom can't even wrap her fucking head around it. But that's yeah, that's what I'm. I'm if you want to find me, I don't. I don't know. Are you listening? Is anybody <laughs> listening at this point? Jesus! Like, thank that you for thank you for having me. It's been a fucking blast. Yeah, that is for key. Yeah, you know it was like pretty intimidating having like the last week's host behind me the whole time yeah. while I'm hosting. Uh, it's so, like a double blind interview, right? Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, my name is Thad McKee, T H A D M C K E E. That's where I am on Instagram and Twitter, baby. Uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm just plug at Batch and O two. Yeah, that's it. Guys, I'm going to be hosting at Helium Comedy Club this Wednesday, St. Patrick's Day, 
for Rocky Dale Davis. Tickets are still available. Go to the Helium website and follow me on social media at Dyke Michaels. And we'll see you next time. Slap a pepper, wait, wait.